Thank you for tuning in to Art Matters. I'm Farron Gibson. This podcast is produced by Art UK, the online home of the UK's public art collections. Find us at artuk.org and interact with us on your favorite social media channels at artuk.org, spelling out the word dot. I'll also remind you to use hashtag Art Matters Podcast if you have any thoughts or comments. As you know with this series, I like to explore pop culture topics as they intersect with art, and RuPaul's Drag Race is a wonderful blend of both. The competition show gathers a pool of contestants to showcase their talents, and as they might say on the show, turn a good look. Drag is a performance art that's existed in various forms for hundreds of years. It was commonly used in theater, where male actors would don clothing socially labeled as female to play women's roles. Many know this from Shakespearean plays, but it also occurred in ancient Greece and in some traditional Japanese performance arts as well. As it's evolved, drag has become embedded in queer culture and drag queens have been important figures in the fight for LGBTQ plus rights. With 10 seasons under its belt, RuPaul's Drag Race is a television sensation with mass appeal. The show does a great job of making drag accessible to everyone and referencing its history throughout the series. One way the show does this is through the ball episodes. These are a reference to ballroom culture, which has had a huge influence on drag as we know it today. These were events popularized in Harlem, New York, where diverse groups would get together to model, dance, and compete. I highly recommend watching the documentary Paris is Burning to learn more about them. Back on the topic of drag race, I spoke with Corey and Natalie from the podcast Art History Babes to dive into the show's relationship with art, starting with a pop art ball episode. I think the most obvious drag race art connection has got to be from season three of All Stars, um, episode five, which is the pop art ball. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to get, I mean, when I saw that that episode was happening, I was like, what? My husband turned to me and he was like, that one's for you. (laughs) I just wanted to get what your thoughts were when you saw it and what you thought about that episode. It was just an all around fantastic episode. It really tapped into the connection with fine art within drag and um, the different like aspects of pop culture and pop art specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually an article I read uh, titled why Andy Warhol would have loved RuPaul's Drag Race. Like that idea alone comes through in the episode because obviously Drag Race is a pop culture phenomenon. It's a kind of a spectacle, um, but definitely an artistic expression. And it, it in itself I think harkens back to Andy Warhol and that whole era and that whole kind of culture. And so bringing that to life through the pop art ball and the challenges that they went through, I just thought was really smart. And the stuff they came up with was just very interesting. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. And I think it's evidenced in how seamlessly they were able to slip into this portrait those portraits that yeah they for yeah the first challenge. Mm. Uh, they all looked amazing so looking at maybe like the mini challenge um to start with what did you think first of all what did you think when RuPaul came in the room with his crazy Warhol hair I, t- I texted Corey and I was like 
texted Corey and I said, Rue is the cutest Warhol ever. I thought he was perfect. <laughs> he actually is. He really is. Oh my God. Like, I think I might like Rue Andy Warhol more than actual Andy Warhol. I think so too. <laughs> like just probably a lot sweeter. Yeah. So precious. I loved it. And it was also interesting because in that, um, when he first comes out, he mentions Andy Warhol as his idol, mm-hmm. like his yeah, just like standalone idol. And I was like, wow, like I didn't realize, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that he's inspired by Andy Warhol or anything like that. But like, I didn't realize that RuPaul was that attached yeah. to Andy Warhol, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really interesting. You think about it being like a gap between them. Like I, in my mind, Warhol is like just fixed in the 60s, like the, mm-hmm. in my mind. But he really was working up through the 80s or whatever. Yeah. But like it's hard to imagine an overlap between the two where you would think that RuPaul would be like, oh, yeah, that's my idol or something. In the mini challenge of this episode, the queens are asked to quickly get into drag to take photos for a Warhol style portrait. RuPaul hilariously photographs them in turn, and the photos are later edited to have high contrast and vibrant colors overlaid. It's such a recognizable way of tapping into the pop art movement. They do the Polaroids and then kind of give it the the Warhol treatment, if you will, which we could all do probably right now on our computers. I mean, it's so... It's so like a thing, isn't it? You can go get like a canvas print made of yourself with the Warhol effect. You yeah, know? yeah. I actually I worked at um an art center that did like as a fundraiser. Basically, they would take people's photographs and then make them like a four four pane like yep. Warhol portrait. Um. So yeah, I I feel like yeah, there's definitely like a Warhol filter out there for sure. Yeah. But you know what, when I, like, as you're saying that, it makes me think that's probably exactly what Warhol would want. Yeah, yeah. He made the paint by number series and that sort of thing. I think his whole thing was anyone could do this. And he wasn't doing some of it necessarily himself. He had the factory, you know, I think he would love that the idea of that. I totally agree. I mean, his whole thing was mass production, yeah. you know, so the fact that even so many years later, it's still being so mass produced and in a way that he probably couldn't even imagine. And we talked about this in an episode where we talked about Warhol and the Campbell soup can looks the same and it will probably look the same forever because why Mm. would they change it when Warhol has made it so ubiquitous and just... Yeah, exactly. And Campbell's soup even had that campaign maybe eight uh, I don't know six years ago something like that where they had the limited edition cans that were with the Warhol treatment have you seen those Mm -hmm. yeah I should have bought one of those at the time I don't know where my head was I know I didn't either but the primary challenge of the episode was the ball which included queens pulling together three looks for a runway performance one of the looks required queens to design their own branded soup can a play on Warhol's Campbell's soup series As they walked out, the stage was decorated with boxes in the style of Warhol's Brillo boxes, bearing RuPaul's logo. So I thought, well, first off, just the pun, the supermodel, like, love it, like, so, so good. But the, the challenge itself, I thought was fascinating, because the soup cans, the idea behind the like Andy Warhol soup cans is is about ubiquity and is about mass production and is about an image of a soup can meaning kind of the same or meaning something to everyone. Um, and then these soup cans were individual expressions. 
They mm. were they were individual personal twists on on um, on soup, but the original soup can I felt was more of a collective kind of an expression of a collective consciousness kind of thing. Whereas these were like, this is who I am mm -hmm. through this soup can, which I just thought was a really interesting twist on what that image originally meant. That is interesting because they were really um, harping on about the fact that it was like, this should be your brand. This should reflect you um, during the course of the challenge because they kind of laid into Aja about um, her can being a bit generic. Rough episode for Aja. Yeah. What was Aja's the like sweet, the sugary yeah. soup can? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that about Aja because like I was really bitter about that episode. <laughs> Basically, for everyone listening, Aja made Bibi Zahar's dress and <laughs> yeah. the judges loved it. And they were like, Did you make that dress? And she was like, I sure did. And did not say like that Aja helped or anything. And then she like, gave Aja the boot she kicked her off that was brutal it was brutal it was brutal in addition to the pop art episode it's worth looking at the incredible creativity that goes into the queen's looks and performances queens like Aquaria from season 10 could be considered the new generation of club kids an artistic scene in New York's 1980s and 90s that saw a group of dance club regulars dressed in flamboyant costumes to push aesthetic and gender boundaries the group is associated with figures like Amanda Lepore and performance artist Lee Bowery, who modeled for Lucian Freud. I think there are a lot of really artistic queens who've coming on. And like mm -hmm. we said, I think it's generally an artistic craft, but there are some people that stand out to me. And I was wondering um, which people across the series stand out to you. Nina Benina Brown, for me, is one of the more artistic queens. Mm -hmm. Sasha Velour. Yeah, yeah um, Sasha, Sasha Velour is... I like yeah. high art drag. <laughs> yeah, she's something else. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't even know what she's. Yeah, <laughs> I actually uh, read this NPR article with her right after she won um, season nine, and like I didn't know this, but she has a master's degree in not surprised in I think literature and queer theory, maybe. Yeah, yeah. also not surprised. Yeah, yeah very yeah. like very educated, and the reason she cares so much about drag is like she basically just had really beautiful things to say about how it's this accessible art form mm -hmm. and it's a space for, for queer people to, you know, express themselves. And it's just like, it's a very, uh, I think I actually might have part of the quote, um, how like drag creates a space for validity for people who want to express gender by their own rules and just, mm. I think just like a really beautiful approach to like the importance of drag, but then also, yeah, just a very smart, like kind of high culture, high art aesthetic mm -hmm. to a lot of her, her different um, outfits. Um, yeah. So she's definitely the one that has probably stuck out to me the most. Yeah. And also the drama of her performances is really artistic. Definitely, definitely. Think about her pulling the wig off and um, the rose petals coming out. It's just, she's so visual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She stands out to me the most for sure. But I also like that they get all of these different people who embody different um, like archetypes of drag yeah. or just different mm. genres of drag because people who don't know a lot, I'm sure, would just assume that it's all the same. Mm -hmm. Like they categorize, like lump everything together. And obviously it's 
very multifaceted. And so getting to see all of these people, all of these fabulous women doing these different characters that are like, some of them couldn't be more different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, visually, oh, yeah. personality, uh, performance wise. So it just, I mean, being someone who doesn't know a ton about drag, just getting to see all of these different types was so fun for me. Well, there was someone on season 10, I don't remember her name, but who came in as the mouse. Yeah, that's Nina. Yeah, Nina Bonina Brown. Uh, Yeah, 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 that was was season 9. Oh my god. She, um, she just, everything she did was painted, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and then the, yeah, the, like, um, she did the peach too the yeah. Georgia Peach, which was really creative and like I felt like very different from what a lot of people were doing. That was like that would be a good crossover into paper. That was like a two dimensionality. Yeah, you know, yeah. The use of, of paper and uh-huh. drag. I, I really like her use of material. Yeah, I think she, she was like a really tortured soul that season too. I think she felt really out of place because her drag was so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think you could see that in even just like the first episode. Um, I think I remember saying something about how, like, how, um, she just does the best with, like, the material she has, and, like, and I think that just, like, expresses, expresses artistry more than anything, you know, like, being able to make something really impressive out of, yeah, paper, or whatever simple material you might have available to you, and not relying on your materials to steal the show I guess yeah yeah I think too like if you go look at her Instagram account and you see the kinds of things she's doing with painting it's um it's crazy because I think much like you're like you're saying much of her drag is really about the painting and like she'll she'll add some paper or something if she needs that three-dimensionality mm-hmm. um but like it's amazing she's like it's craft on her face it's amazing yeah we're looking at her Instagram right now and it's quite impressive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And that's a whole nother aspect of like the art angle of Drag Race is the makeup artistry. Yeah. Is insane. Being a woman yeah. who cannot do makeup well at all, yeah. I'm fascinated yeah. by their artistry. Well, the thing about this is, and this is happening just more and more with like women on a day-to-day basis you can totally change your face mm-hmm. yes. like, you could just be walking around as a total lie and yeah, I, and I, <laughs> yeah and like, you can. <laughs> I don't have this skill but I'm like this is amazing like I you don't need sir no one needs surgery just like learn how to do makeup yeah for real for real it's very impressive to me it's something like I would be interested in getting more into just because I think it's a very um, obviously like popular art form, but it also like it relates to painting. If you can do that with your face, like you could paint on a canvas. You understand the face and the way the face like sits in light and yeah. shadow, and you understand so much more than the average within the average person about yeah what it would take to create that. The flip side of this relationship is the history of artists doing drag. Warhol did self-portraits in drag, and Marcel Duchamp had a drag alter ego. Duchamp had his like drag persona, Rose La Vie, mm-hmm. and was photographed by Man Ray as Rose La Vie. Um, and Duchamp was also an influence of Andy Warhol, so there's kind of like a connection there. 
We see drag from male and female artists alike. Cindy Sherman's conceptual portraits, for example, would certainly qualify. Doing drag isn't just about exploring gender. It's a transformative process of becoming someone. In Paris is Burning, we see examples of drag where people become rich women, professionals, or even servicemen in the military. As RuPaul always says, we're all born naked and the rest is drag. I think drag race in general definitely just plays with that um, that idea of identity in art and playing with different identities and expression of identity and however you may wish to do that. And by also being able to like pull in all of this like art historical material and interesting visual material, I, I think it just creates this very layered um, expression of something that people can relate to, which is is the desire to want to dress up and put on a, a different identity or a yeah. different costume. Exactly. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. There's so much more to explore on the topic of art and drag, and I'm sure we'll be revisiting this subject again. If you liked my guests, Corey and Natalie from Art History Babes podcast, I encourage you to give their show a listen to hear fun discussions on art history over a glass of wine. I'm the guest for their latest episode discussing Lady Gaga and art. To whet your appetite, I'll leave you with this conversation the ladies and I had about the intersection of Lady Gaga drag race and art, which should serve as a perfect segue. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe to this series wherever you listen to your podcasts, and join us next time. Silence! I've made my decision. Bring back my girls. At the first episode of season nine, um, is a special episode where they feature Gaga, who at that time was probably the biggest celebrity I think that they've had on. Yeah. Um, and um, it stands out in my mind because we were talking about Sasha as well, mm-hmm. Sasha Velour. And she came out with like the art pop look, which is really, uh, you know, the artistic kind of rubbing everything all over the face. And what yeah, yeah. Were there moments um, of that episode that stood out for you as well? Um, well, in terms of Sasha Velour, like when they did the um, when they did the Gaga looks, like hers was by far my favorite. Same. Like just beautifully constructed, and like I love that look from the applause video with like the mm-hmm. streaks of paint, and like it's just aesthetically beautiful. And I thought it was just a really interesting move, especially because like a lot of the other um, a lot of a lot of the other performers were doing like Gaga at awards shows or a little bit more um, like fancy Gaga. And I Mm -hmm. thought it was very cool to just take this, this aesthetic approach to Gaga. So I loved that one. Um, And then as far as like moments, actually, so this doesn't have like, this has more to do with like Gaga than the actual like aesthetic of drag, but the tearjerker moment with Eureka Mm -hmm. When like, so when Gaga comes in and they don't realize it's Gaga and then they all figure it out and then Eureka gets very like emotional and talks about how important Gaga has been to her and like allowing, um, allowing them to be themselves and stuff like tears streaming down my Mm -hmm. face. Like it was just such a nice moment and like such, uh, I think like 
having her there as someone who really, um, who, who in a lot of ways has, you know, really dived into the world of drag. Like she gets costuming and can rock these kinds of costumes and personalities in a way that like no other performer can. And so like yeah. having just that whole moment between all of them, I just thought was a beautiful, a beautiful thing (laughs) and she has a like she has a track record with drag um in that she in the applause lyric video featured drag queens from drag race yeah so she's definitely like like interested in the in the scene and I think she's she kind of says in that episode that she sees what she does as as drag as well yeah definitely and I think Gaga as like a you know pop culture sensation and then drag race as a pop culture sensation they just are this interplay of visual and music and performance and theatrics and high fashion it's just like this confluence of so many different types of art I Mm -hmm. feel like all happening at once and it has pop culture appeal and I feel like drag race it does that and Lady Gaga does that. Mm-hmm. 